Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. If it's your first time, so glad to have you. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That's NFL insider Dave Hellman, the one and only Joy Taylor and Eagles all-time Russian leader. Oh, Sean McCoy, 2-5, 2 live. Now, look, Shady, I'm going to give you something to get excited about. Okay. Because Jalen Hurts, he plays tonight. Eagles, they play tonight. They're undefeated, but can they stay that way? Now, here is what's so fascinating about this marvelous season Jalen Hurts is having. If you haven't been paying attention, he's smack dab in the middle of the MVP race. He put the whole world on notice. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. It is those three. Nobody else is in that conversation. Why is it those three? Because you got to look at their touchdown and interception ratio. Josh Allen, 21-6. Jalen Hurts, 16-2. Patrick Mahomes, 25. But that doesn't tell the whole story. Because Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback leading a team to an undefeated record. 7-0, a perfect 7-0. Mahomes, two losses. Allen, one loss. So now when we look at the whole thing, Jalen Hurts, second best odds to win the MVP, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. So the conversation that must be had is Jalen Hurts, the MVP right now. Nobody better to go to than Eagles all-time rushing leader, a person that has been to a game this year, LaShawn McCoy. You've seen Jalen Hurts play in person. You've seen Josh Allen play in person. I'm going to ask you the toughest question you'll be asked all day. Is Jalen Hurts the MVP right now? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And this is the reason why. First of all, when you watch the tape, you watch this game, he's playing at a high, high, high level. Correct? Correct. And then the wins. People forget this. Like, you have a lot of stats, but are you winning? They are winning. Wait, they haven't lost. They haven't even lost that one game. You see the odds they had. Vegas, now Vegas knows best, right? I thought I know I best. Thought, yeah, yeah Vegas yeah. knows best. So they're having a 400, right? Plus 400. Do you know where he's at? Week two, week three, week four? He was like a thousand something. Now he's 400. So, and then two weeks. Two weeks moving forward, two weeks from now, he'll be probably number one at like, I don't know, 120. Then another two weeks, he'll probably be the most favorite. So, yes, I think Jalen Hurts has earned it. He showcased who he is, what he do. He has the stats, he has the wins, and he has LaShawn McCoy support. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's go, Jalen Hurts MVP. In the A block, in the last block. Came Sorry about that. Hot. Uh, Joy, is Jalen Hurts your MVP right now? I'm holding this right He now. is. It's, it's still close. I, I don't want, you know, Bills fans to feel like we're, you know, disregarding the season that they're, they're having. Bills Mafia. I don't want to smoke. It is close. But I do think Jalen has the slight edge. To me, the MVP is about personal stats and team success. That's right. You can't really have a bunch of an amazing statistical season right. and it's not reflecting in the team's success, especially at the quarterback position. 
In this case, the team that is most successful so far at this point in the season is who? Philadelphia Eagles. Undefeated. And Jalen is also putting up numbers. He's being very efficient. He's winning in multiple ways. They are the reason that he's winning. So I don't think that there's a canyon between him and Josh Allen. I think it's very close. I think Patrick Patrick Mahomes is actually a significant step behind them. Not that he's not still, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league, but we're talking about the MVP race this year. I think Jalen has a a slight edge right now. It's a hard thing to quantify, but I agree with y'all. Oh! I agree. Wait, hold up. Are you... Are we getting pranked? Is you- no, I'm not sure. We- I'm dead serious. Are you serious? Here's, Ashton? here's the thing, and Joy laid it out perfectly. And it's something that annoys me about the NFL right now is MVP has essentially become best quarterback on the best team. Yes. Like, that is what the award is. It's kind of Heisman-esque in terms of, like, even if you're not the best player, if you have the best record, you'll win the award. I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are better quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts. That's not controversial, I think, right? I mean, like, it, it would be easy <clears throat> to argue. Stop it. I didn't say, I didn't say a word. We, <laughs> we don't want to do this. I clear my throat. We well, don't want to do it. Okay. It, easy. it sounded very uh, strategic. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not trying to say he's better or has passed or has necessarily even come close to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And this is where it gets unfair. But I went into the season saying – Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are two of the best quarterbacks in the league. All of Kansas City and Buffalo's success is going to hinge on them. And we know that. Like, their teams have built around them. That is kind of how, like, they are constructed is to let their two generational quarterbacks do their thing. The Eagles, what did we say coming into the season? It's the biggest question mark on an otherwise very talented roster. Can Jalen Hurts play well enough to make this Philly team a real contender? They made the playoffs last year, but, like, it's not really. Like, nobody took them seriously last year. This year, they just needed him to play well, and they would be good. He's going so far above and beyond that. They have the best record in the league. They are unbeaten, and it is so much predicated on how well he's playing. Like, if he was mediocre, they'd be trading wins and losses right now. They might, they wouldn't be first place in a stacked NFC East, I don't think. You disagree? I do. If he I was do. playing, if he was playing mediocre football and not exceptional football. I don't MVP stands for most valuable player. That's, that's right. what we all know. That's MVP right. most valuable right. player. If I'm looking at Jalen Hurts and I'm looking at Josh Allen and Shady, you you know both incredibly that's well. Right. You played yeah. with only one. Yeah. I'm almost thinking, how is it not Josh Allen? If you say it's the best player on the best team, yeah, the Eagles are undefeated. Give them all of that. The Bills, outside of a 38-yard field goal against the Miami Dolphins, would be undefeated. So am I going to let a missed 38-yard field goal? I know how you feel about kickers. Are you going to let a missed 38-yard field goal undermine Josh Allen's MVP candidacy? That's where I'm just like, Josh Allen, you like the eyeball test. Joy likes the eyeball test. Dave likes the eyeball test. I love it. Yeah, I love it. When you look at Josh Allen, he just does things that nobody else can do. Jalen Hurts included. He makes throws nobody else can make. He runs over dudes in a fashion that quarterbacks outside of Cam Newton, I haven't seen do that. So I'm thinking as good as Jalen Hurts is, it's Josh Allen right now. If the Eagles stay undefeated, then I don't care about Josh Allen's resume. I don't care about Jalen Hurts' resume. If the Eagles stay undefeated, give it to Hurts. Hurts, you've earned it. Hurts, you deserve it. Outside of that, that's where I go out. Can I I think we have the same idea. We're just coming to different conclusions. Like, I'm giving Jalen Hurts MVP here now in November because it's halfway through the season. Like, we got a lot more football to play. I assume the Eagles are going to lose a handful of games at the very least, like at least two or three, right? And when all this equals out in the wash, Josh Allen will have had the better season. Like, I would pick Josh Allen to win MVP. But Jalen Hurts is playing 
so far above and beyond the expectations that I had for him. And maybe that's my fault, uh, but he's playing okay. so much better than, than I thought that he would that I have to at least acknowledge, like, hey, man, you are a big part of the reason why the Eagles have the best record in the NFL right Joy, now. how does that factor into your qualifications for Jalen Hurts being MVP? Is Jalen Hurts just playing that much better above the expectations, or is he actually playing better than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes? I also like to kind of qualify the MVP conversation. So to answer your question, it's not about how the expectations I had for Jalen coming into the season. Because I've been, I've been on Jalen for a while now. Mm-hmm. Even, I, I, I liked him last year, and I thought he would be better this year. To me, it's what would they be with the replacement? Mm. So how great is the team around you, and how much are you elevating that team? So to Dave's point, the Bills were great last year, mm-hmm. in big part to Josh Allen, and they're great this year, mostly because of Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Right. But would they be able to continue winning like this with a lesser quarterback the way that Philadelphia would be able to keep winning like this? We think Philadelphia is the most complete team. They're undefeated. And Jalen is elevating them from what they were last year Mm -hmm. to an undefeated team at this point this year. If we want to get into, like, who should really be the MVP this year, we'd have to expand to the entire league. I would make an argument for Tyreek Hill. Sure. So, you know, if we're really going to have an MVP conversation, but we never do because right. it has become the best quarterback yep. on, the best, on the best teams. So by that standard, when I'm looking at what the Bills have accomplished and what the Eagles have accomplished, and if you're taking what they were from expectations at the beginning of the season, I still have to go Jalen Hurts. Again, just slightly, it's not a huge gap. Shady, let me wrap with you. You watched the Eagles game this past week. Jalen Hurts, four passing touchdowns for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of those, two of those touchdowns, well, one, incredible ball. A.J. Brown over the right shoulder. Nobody that can defend it. Beautiful. But there was another touchdown in there that was like, yo, A.J. Brown just a beast. Like, A.J. Brown right. just went up there. He yeah. mossed Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. Now, rock with me at the big board because your kicks are fresh. Let me come with you. Okay. This is why I'd probably say Josh Allen because I think Jalen Hurts gets a little bit more help schematically than I think Josh Allen gets schematically. Now, if you look at this play 2-5, okay. Eagles are setting the Steelers up. This right. is Nick Sirianni more than it's anybody else. Hudman's over Pascal. You know what's coming, big dog. What's coming? Tell the world what's coming. There's a screen. Dallas Goddard. Edmund's right there. He sees screen. He's like, okay, let me play the screen. This is not a big deal, not a big play. It's coaching because the Eagles are trying to set things up. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Later in the game, that's Edmonds once again. That's Pascal once okay. again. What's right. coming this time, 2-5? You fake, said, fake screen, fake screen. Fake screen. Right. I didn't even see it. I knew this already. Go. Oh, you didn't even see it? I, I knew so this. you just Come know on. ball. Yeah, you I know, know ball. what it is. The reason I see what the Eagles have done so successfully with Jalen Hurts, they scheming these boys up. I think even more than the Bills are. I think, like, Josh Allen doesn't get the same schematic help that Jalen Hurts is getting schematically. Josh Allen, uh, Ken Dorsey, he's taken over for Brian Dable. Nick Sirianni, offensive-minded head coach. Talk to me on that. So, wait, wait. So, you're blaming him for the Not blaming. Not blaming at all. Are you taking credit for him because of the screen? What I'm I'm, saying is I'm giving Josh Allen more credit because I think that the Eagles have done such a fabulous job schematically. That's where I'm saying, like, uh, you know what? I, I, think I think the Eagles have done such a great job schematically. Let me go with Josh Allen getting a little more credit. I, Am think, I, it, I, I think it's similar, right? Because if you watch the, the Bills, like, the Bills' offense is, is all based on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, you talked about it. I didn't want to jump to that because I'm going for Jalen Hurts. But <laughs> if the Bills didn't have Josh Allen, they'll be in trouble, trouble, trouble. He runs the ball for the Bills. He throws the ball. Leading rusher, leading passer. Come on, like, all, like, that stuff is hard to do. So I think Ken Dorsey, like, draws it up. When I was there and we had Brian Dayball and Ken Dorsey was a quarterback coach, all the design plays are for Josh Allen, his capabilities of throwing the ball on the run, all that stuff, getting him out the pocket. Like, they designed that for Josh Allen. And I don't want to hate on Josh because that's my boy. But 
if you're going to get, if you're going to take credit for him from the way that they're scheming things up, which a coordinator should do. Of course. Same thing with Josh Allen. They're scheming for him. Let me ask you this final question before we have to get out of here is this. If the Eagles were playing with the backup quarterback versus the Bills playing with the backup quarterback, don't you think the Eagles would have – let me not ask your leading question. Watch this. Who would ask, have watch, more watch this. For, watch this. Who's the backup quarterback for the Bills? Matt you Martin? see what I'm seeing? We don't even know. We don't know. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Okay, but if I ask you the backup quarterback for Garner the Eagles, you. and he can play, he can play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that answers your question right there. A guy we don't know, so a guy we do know. So the Eagles will be in better shape because we – Case a pretty good yeah, backup I mean, quarterback. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, He's had some moments. Case seen... Keenum is better than Gardner Minshew. I don't know. I don't know that. When the last time we seen him play? It's been – Because we, right. seen, we, we seen Gardner play last okay. year. Minshew uh, – Last Minshew time I saw Case Keenum play was – Minnesota Miracle. Man, come on. That's four years. He got his ass kicked at the link in 2017. Hold up. Got his ass kicked for one. And then two is – he was with uh, um, um, Stephon Dix at, with um, in Minnesota. Come on, Minnesota. Come on, man. Minnesota. I'm a little, I'm a little confused. Listen, listen. listen. Right in yeah. If yeah. you want to be right, talk about ladies and gentlemen, quarterbacks right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Minshew bought out last year, though. My bad for when he had to play. We're getting distracted. We're getting distracted. Here's what we're not distracted on: the Lakers are on a two-game win streak. That is a big deal if you live in Los okay, Angeles. Lakers. I'm telling you that right now. Okay, Lakers. But Russell Westbrook, you will not believe it. He's coming off the bench, y'all. But that might have actually solved. The Lakers problem. How the Lakers solve the Westbrook problem. That's next. See. Miss you magic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, family? Let's check in on our social lives. This is one of the favorite things I've seen all day. Giannis Antetokounmpo is making sure people are wearing his shoes by any means necessary. Yo, I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. Two five. How you feel about it? I know you never had it. You never had a sneaker, did you? That's not true. Now we're going to look, look it up after this, after this second. <laughs> you trying to play me. You had a Shady McCoy. Don't ever play me. What were they called? No, nah, don't the worry. McCoy's? We're going to look it up, and then we're going to have the producer I have put it on for the world. In front of me. Don't no, 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 we need the world to see. Anyway, <laughs> I love this. What Giannis is doing, I like that, man. Listen, why not support me? You wearing Iverson shoes and Jordans? Wear my shoe. I like that. Well, is, is his shoe company going to pay him to wear those shoes? That's I was going to say, he yeah, he's got to worry about his own deal. Is Jordan paying them? Yeah. When I was trying to get a contract, Jordan was the cheapest. He give you all this free merchandise. Look, keep the merchandise, brother. I need a check. Shady, I've extensively searched Google and you have no shoes. Maybe By the way, you, you, no, 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 no. Maybe it never hit. Maybe it never hit. Never hit the market. Maybe it never hit the shelves. Let me see it. See what? I'm gonna do it. You don't have a shoe. Talk, talk to your. your oh, we're having like a production. <laughs> Be a host. Right now. I'm saying, like, I just want to say, Giannis could like read the dictionary, and I would be entertained by it. Like, he's so funny and charismatic and and uh, awesome. I love this. I don't know how well you can read, right? <laughs> oh, but I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let Joy read this from. Oh, no, 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 no. Send the Joy. Let's read it. Where are those called, Joy? And what's the name uh, of This is live TV. This is, uh, I know. This is making me very nervous. <laughs> uh, the, the Nike Lunar TR1 NRG. I don't see no shade. It does say so LaShawn McCoy. McCoy. What do you mean? It's only the two of them. Philadelphia, 
Eagles sneaker. It, me and Mo, our Marshawn Lynch was the only running backs to have her own Nike shoe. It was called the Muscle Machine. Holla! That's now, all. Now, apologize to the world. That's all decade stuff right there. Now, apologize to the world. Sneaker news. <laughs> this is from. Uh oh. She's getting asked for apologize right to the world. Uh, 2014. Hello. Wait. From, when, did I win the, when did I win the Russian record? 2013. The next year they gave my own shoe. Here's my, here's my thing, though. Joy, you're a sneakerhead. Shoes, you got Jordans, you got Vicks, you got Kobe's, you got Kyrie's. What were yours? Because I heard Nike Lunars. LaShawn McCoy, Nike Lunars. That's what they're called. Trainer Ones. Trainer Ones. Philadelphia star and fantasy football must have. LaShawn McCoy. Love of strong classic cars is being referenced on the new like Nike Lunar TR1. What what do you want me to do? Joy, would you have ever purchased (laughs) Lunar Ones? Like, you got Jordans. Are you ever going to I mean, these are, these are... Yo, and then you go... Yeah. Like, first of all, like good training. I, will want, I don't want to turn your screen around because I don't know what kind of pop-ups you got rolling. <laughs> yeah. We'll, let, we'll, we'll get it. We'll send it. I mean, it sounds like, hey, I thought you was my boy, but... No, you, no, if you, you if my if you, if, So if you go to the store and you ask for it... But what am I asking If for? you ask for LaShawn... Can I get the LaShawn McCoy shoe? They're going to find it. going to get it. Oh, oh maybe I'm maybe I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, on Broad Street. They're like, yeah, so, 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 you know, Katie, I didn't have a shoe, but I had a burger at Dolphin Stadium, so I can relate. Well, hold on. You know if, it's, if, it's, if it's online, first of all, I got big royalty checks for that. Wait, Are you crazy? They only sold them at the team shop. I'm done. Uh, like, stop playing. Somebody hating on you, boy. Fantastic. This is better than whatever we were going to talk about. Anyway, let's transition. Five, 12. 13. I want to make an order. <laughs> okay, well, the Lakers ordered up a change in the roster. Kyrie Irving, excuse me, Russell Westbrook now coming off of the bench. Get this. Lakers up by 16 points yesterday in the second half. However, found themselves down with three seconds left. Matt Ryan, not to be confused with the quarterback, hits a game-tying three, <laughs> goes into overtime, and in overtime, the Lakers find a way to win it. But that's not the story. The story, Joy Taylor, is this. Since the Lakers moved Russell Westbrook to the bench, they've won two out of three games. Seems like a small deal. It's a huge deal. The Lakers started off one and five, if I am not mistaken. Have the Lakers solved their Russell Westbrook problem? Yeah, they were the, the only team that hadn't won a game pretty, pretty recently. Uh, yes, they have solved the Russell Westbrook problem. Now, they haven't solved all their problems because they still need a tremendous amount of shooting. But this is significant. These kind of adjustments are what can save your season. And we have been extremely critical of Russell Westbrook. And in a lot of ways, it's been fair. He's been toxic in the, in the uh, locker room and around the organization. He's been very defiant. He's been on the court, made decisions that are just inexplicable. He's talked to the media in ways that don't help the situation and made claims that have made the situation worse. The coach got fired. Like, there's, there's a lot of things that happened since Russell Westbrook showed up. So now you have to give him credit That's when right. you make change. It's very, very popular in today's society to double down on wrong. It's very, very unpopular to say, I was wrong, and now I have seen the light and changed my opinion. A little sneak tip from Dr. Joy. That's called intelligence. When you learn something and then you change your opinion, that's called being intelligent. And that's what Russell Westbrook is doing. It, there's no shame in your game changing. Mm. You aged. I'm aging. I don't do the same things as a player, Shady. I'm saying you weren't the same player. You weren't Shady's like, player. now wait, just a minute. Shady's like, look, I thought it was just Acho shooting. I'm the oldest one at the table. Anyway. Shady catches I ain't signed up for this. <laughs> I'm 
saying wow. as a player, Shady, you weren't the same player at every point in your career. You weren't the same player three years in that you were when you were a rookie. Okay, maybe not. Shady was the same. Does Shady believe that? I don't think yeah. Shady yeah. believes that. Uh, he does. Uh. All right, fine. Shady wasn't. Most players age, and as they get older, That's they have right to there. adjust their, their style of play. Russell Westbrook is one of those players. He's a very athletic player. He has a lot of energy. That's why I tried to lean into this trade at the beginning of it, and it didn't obviously go the way that I thought it would. But this is the perfect role for him. And winning organizations have players that understand their role. And in basketball, that's a very difficult thing to do because football, you have positions. You're not confused if you have to ever play the left tackle position. That's not what you do. Mm -hmm. In basketball, and in modern basketball, it's become even more of a positionless sport. You really need to know your role and buy into it. And Darvin Ham talked about this last night, that this could be the start of a six-man type of year for us. And that would be huge, not only for his legacy, but for the Lakers, because this is how they need to play. Um, I, I don't think they, they solved the problem, right? I'm going to tell you why. First of all, they talk about the sixth man of the year award, right? I remember a guy named Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. He won yep. it a couple times. Jamal Crawford won, won it yep. a couple mm-hmm. times, right? Now, they're the, sixth guy, they're the first guy off the bench. Come in and give you that extra spark for the second team. I like that move. But what I don't like is you had Russell Westbrook on the bench closing the game out. Them two six-man I just talked about, they finished the games. Yep. Jamal Crawford finished the game, right? And Lou Williams finished the game. So when I look at the, 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 the finishing lineups, okay, they had, they had um, Matt Ryan with the game winning shot, which was a crazy shot, okay? <laughs> um, LeBron James, yep. Anthony Davis, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. Yep. By the way, he's from Reading, PA, so he's balling. Now, he had 28 points. I don't see that happening like that again because this thing is defense. He's very athletic, et cetera. And then Patrick Beverly. You're telling me Westbrook can't be on the court to finish the game out? Not if you need a three, big dog. But, no, 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 no. But I'm, I'm talking about leading up to that. Yo, you, I'm, I'm not talking you, about I'm the talking about very end of the game. Even in overtime and then closing the game out. Patrick Beverly, I think, is a solid player. He's a little older. He plays good defense. He had zero points. Like, not one bucket. Me and you could get. Don't put me in this. Better yet. <laughs> don't, put, don't put me in this. I can go out there and get a bucket. I'm not trying to hate on him. I'm just saying, like, this guy didn't even score. You're telling me Westbrook can't be on the court to close it out? Bigger, stronger, faster? He plays defense. He can rebound. So I just don't like that. Like, I get bringing him off the bench is cool. But to win games, and mind you, they beat the Pelicans, who was a good team. Their best player didn't even play. And they barely won the game. So. I don't even, know. Like it's a start, though, right? Like that's how I feel about it. Like even like even there there's validity to what you're saying, but what that was game seven out of eighty two. Yeah. You can figure this stuff out as you go. Like okay. at the very least, Russell Westbrook looks like a useful player right now. And on top of that, with all of the stuff he's done, you, you, as great as he's been at times in his career, and and last year was was a struggle. I get that, but like right now. It's still early in the season. This has been seamless. Like, he seems like he's in on it. He's not pitching a fit about it. So to have him bought in and then to be able to figure out how to get the best out of him in this role, it's a hell of a lot better than just trying to hammer a square peg into a round hole for the next two months and see what happens. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Uh-oh. Stop trying to round Boom. peg. Oh, That's I, what, said, I said round peg square hole. Eh, same thing. That's what we do. That's what <laughs> um, we do over here. I, I agree with everybody on the left side of the table. Two, five. We'll make amends during commercial break. I think that hey. Russell Westbrook, that dilemma has been figured out. And it's real simple. Expectations minus reality equals disappointment. One of the simplest but most useful equations you'll ever realize in this life. Expectations minus reality equals disappointment. By making him the sixth man, you lower the expectation for Russell Westbrook. 
Like, let's not get it twisted. Russell Westbrook in L.A. has a higher field goal percentage than he did in his career prior to coming to L.A. But L.A., the expectations are so much higher. This Westbrook is shooting the same Westbrook has been shooting like, but the expectations were too high. But now that you're a six-man, oh, I don't need 20, 10, and 10. You give me 20, 10, and 10 as a six-man, I'm elated. Give me 20, 10, and 10 as a starter. Yeah, I mean, you're a starter. It's what you're supposed to do. So I think this new and improved Russell Westbrook is new and improved, not particularly by play, but we've lowered our expectations. And thus, when we see the reality, we are not nearly as disappointed. But speaking of disappointment, Shady, them Astros and them Phillies, man, what happened? Oh, man, they got luck yesterday. Astros? That happens. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We beat him in Houston before. We can do oh, it again. No hitter. Oh, wait. We back home again. We back home, right? No, Look. there's one more game. Astros, Ooh, no hitter man. yesterday on the Phillies last night. Game five is tonight. We'll have more on speed and more about this and so many other things next. Them boys are shook, man. Them country boys are shook. Shady, I think you got a little something to set. <laughs> yeah, you see that walk? So you say you had no hitter last night? A little no hitter? That's cool because we saved it. For game five, we're going to do all the hitting, baby. Bring it back to Philadelphia. See, listen, don't forget this, man. We're going to win this game. And guess what? We go to Houston with another dub. Philly, stand up, baby. Philly, let's go. Let's go. Well, let's go to the NFL because the drama in Aaron Rodgers' life has not gotten any simpler. Packers, they're struggling. Three and five on the season. They've lost four straight. They got to end that streak against the Lions Sunday on Fox. Now, Green Bay made headlines for not making a big move before the trade deadline. Aaron Rodgers said it sent a message that they have, quote, have to play with the guys we've got and win with the guys we've got. Close quote. So, Joy Taylor, have the Packers really let Aaron Rodgers down? Again, no moves at the deadline. Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl to show for his career in Green Bay thus far. Have they let him down? No. They belong together. Yes, they do. This is the perfect match. I know you love Mariah. You want to sing it? They belong together. <laughs> it's true. Aaron Rodgers knows everything, right? Just ask him about anything. Smart guy, huh? Yeah. And the Packers... Are just They're just doing it better than everybody else. They just got it figured out. Just ask them. <laughs> I mean, all the teams, of all the teams that would make a move at the trade deadline, you would think it would be the team that has Aaron Rodgers throwing to nobody, right? Nobody. <laughs> you would think they would do something. We're talking about the Cowboys as a whole topic not doing anything, and that's just for depth. It's not because they, they were in desperate need of something. It was Correct. just like, well, like, should they add somebody for depth later if someone gets injured? Maybe they want to improve on this. We were talking about adding something to the defense, who's one of the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. The Packers legitimately have needs at this point in the season and did nothing. I don't know what you got a savings for if you've got Aaron Rodgers. They're paralyzed about being bad. It's okay to be bad sometimes. Look, the Steelers are bad this year, right? They're not, they're not a good team. It's called a rebuild. Sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you just got to clear the cupboard and start over. You've got aging players. The Bears let go of some people. They want to change up some of the, the, the salary cap stuff. It's okay to do that. There's phases that you get into in an organization. So if you were going to do a full rebuild, just do it. But you can't roll out what you're rolling out there and expect us to believe that this is a contending team. You can't have it both ways. I feel you. And to me, this is, this is the perfect match. Because Aaron Rodgers took all the money, which he's entitled to do. He's earned it. But you did it. Yeah. And now the organization is being conservative, which they always do. What Aaron knew when he took all the money from the conservative organization. So I don't have any pity here. Like, this is, this is what the Packers do. If I was a Packers fan, I would be frustrated. Are we frustrated? 
Frustrated. Frustrated. <laughs> Frustrated was echoed off the set by our producer, Hugh Trackers fan. Um, I, I love what you're saying. I do think, however, the Packers have let Aaron Rodgers down. Mm. And not only do I think the Packers have let Aaron Rodgers down, as thinking about it this morning, the Packers created a monster in Aaron Rodgers. How do you create a monster? By neglecting him over the course of years. See, Aaron Rodgers gets drafted late, mind you, but he gets drafted and he has to sit for three years in Green Bay. First year he sits, he sees a four-win team. Second year he sits, he sees an eight-win team. But while sitting, he has to see this, worse than all. He has to see, I don't know, Tavares Jackson, Kyle Orton, Derek Anderson, Matt Leinart, Vince Young, Alex Smith, Brad Gretkowski take starts across the National Football League while he's sitting on a bench. Then he finally becomes a starter, and three years in, he takes his team to a Super Bowl. The Packers neglected Aaron Rodgers in the sense that the one time they gave him a top-five defense, he gave them a Super Bowl. The Packers neglected Aaron Rodgers in the sense that they are the only team in the history of the NFL for 20 straight seasons to not draft a skill position in the first round. I think that Packers have not only let Aaron Rodgers down this year, I think they've let Aaron Rodgers down the entirety of his career because you have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for the duration of my life and you got two Super Bowls to show for it. 31 years and two Super Bowls to show for it? That is bad, bad, bad math. We all say Aaron Rodgers is a monster, but the Packers created that monster, and I think they've let him down. Dave, you're giving me a look. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack. And look. I'm frustrated by what the Packers have done the last two or three years. I completely agree. This is the time. Your quarterback is nearing 40. You don't know how many more seasons you've got left of his prime. This was the time to say, eh, screw it. If we're bad in a few years, we'll be bad. They didn't do that, and, and that is frustrating. I completely get that, but I, I cringe when I start hearing about, like, wasting people's careers. The reality is... NFL's hard as hell, man. That's why I hold it. Ag- I, I hold it against Tom Brady a little bit that he's been so great because he has ruined this conversation for everybody else. I, I wrote this stuff down, man. Like the only okay, Brady, he stands by himself. We all agree. Bradshaw, Montana, won four. Mm-hmm. That's two of the greatest dynasties that we've ever seen. The '70s wow, Steelers, 70s Steelers, '80s Niners. Hard to top that. Troy Aikman won three. Mm-hmm. The 90s Cowboys, again, a legendary group of uh, teams that we continue to talk about to this day. Everybody else, you're doing great if you get two. But let me ask you. You're doing – not like seriously, Russell Wilson, though. Big Ben, Eli Manning. Russell Wilson's they, won one. But they all went to two. Rodgers has only gone to one. But you, and you can't win unless you're there. Okay, and for that – and that's another thing that I take issue with. Does Rodgers deserve no blame for being up multiple possessions on Seattle in 2014 and not closing that NFC title game out? Does Rodgers deserve no blame for going 15-1 and the year after they won the Super Bowl and going out sad in the playoffs? Does Rodgers deserve no blame for having Tampa Bay at home a couple years ago and losing that game to miss out on the Super Bowl? Like – he okay. is not without blame Let, Let's here. play a little uh, football and mental calisthenics, if you will. Ben Roethlisberger, Joy, remind me, his defense helped him win the first one or both of them? The first one, for sure. Defense helped him win the first one. Russell Wilson, defense helped him win one, right? Sure. Yeah. Eli Manning, defense helped him win some, right? Absolutely. Yep. Tom Brady, defense helped him win some, right? Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers, did his defense help him win his? Uh, the 2010 one, but yeah. But you see, like, when I look at it, all those quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger defense helped him with one. Russ defense helped him with one. Brady defense helped him with some. Uh, Eli defense helped him with some. But when you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, he still had to go get his. He doesn't have defense that's given him any speak, please. You, you know what's funny? I, I love how, especially not y'all, 
you. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love how you make him be the victim. Oh, they're, they're, they're doing them so wrong. You know, you name all them quarterbacks that, 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 that played as rookies uh-huh. and et cetera. Uh-huh. Right, they didn't have no Hall of Famer in front of them, right? Yeah, Brett Favre, you had to wait. Another thing, you talked about the first, they didn't go out there and get a first-round wide receiver. Well, if I'm not crazy, I think that the wide receivers that they did have, that they developed, are better than first-round talents. Did they develop them oh, or did Aaron Rodgers develop them? What you mean? Let, 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 me, let me finish. They, we never had like them guys are bums. Not, Trey Nelson's not no bum. Not at all, not at all. Not, not at all. What's the Monte okay. them doing this okay, year? Okay, so, so hold on. So all, the, all them guys we talk about. <laughs> Wait, what's the doing this year? He had all them wide receivers. What about the times when he's number one seed? They get a bye. True. When you get a bye in the playoffs, America, you, your, your chances of winning a championship are greater. Right? You get a bye. You earn that. True. You have a bye and you lose? Do the Packers got to get blamed for, for, for uh, the 49ers bullying them? Bullied them, right? Send them home. Several, several times. Man, listen, <laughs> the, the Bucs, I was there for that Bucs uh-huh. game, right? Tom Brady didn't really play that great that game. He didn't. I you think know he threw play- three picks in that game. I don't, I, I, oh, I, don't, I don't do the stats with Brady with the oh, was, negative I, stats. I forgot. Yeah, I don't, Interceptions for Tom yeah, Brady yeah, don't yeah, go yeah, on yeah, the That's Jack Prescott. Right, right, right. Okay, listen. <laughs> when we look at that game, because – I was there. Yep. <laughs> I didn't play, but I was there. <laughs> Listen, it was the defense shutting down Aaron Rodgers, having more scared to throw the ball. We got to stop giving this guy passes. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great player. 15 years, you're going to be one chip? Wait, you only been there one time? Come on. Like, like we got to stop this giving this guy passes. I watched, I watched when he went MVPs in the postseason, mm-hmm. regular season. Mm-hmm. We get to the postseason, he chokes, right? He chokes. Or his defense gives up 35 I don't, I don't, points I, I, a game on Listen, average. man. They give up 35 points that's a game the on same, average. It's the same defense you play with. It's the same defense you play with all year. But soon we get – it's the same defense you play with all year and you get the number one seed. So they're doing something good. You guys are figuring something out. Then we get to the playoffs, you choke. They look so smart. See, oh, this, Katie, this and that. You are, part of the, you are part of the problem of what has created the monster of Aaron Rodgers. Because you've overlooked his greatness, big dog. He, no, he's, he's great. I'm just telling you. What really happens, I'm being factual. The things I'm talking about is not about what, what I see. It's what I know. It's what the stats say. He gets there and chokes. But he's a great player. He throws, listen, Josh Allen's uh, rookie year, I was up there with him. He will always do this, uh, uh, the Aaron Rodgers pass. It's like throw the side and all that. Everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. He's a great player. But the facts are, when he goes up in the playoffs, when it matters most, he chokes. He's a great regular season player. Say it again. I, Say it again. Y'all, make, y'all are going to make me agree with Acho, and I don't like it. I don't well, like it. We just tell you facts. We just, like, we just talked. Okay, it was the 2020 season, right? 2020 mm-hmm. NFC title game. Okay. Tom Brady didn't play a good game. Not at all. He threw three picks at Lambeau yeah. Field. His defense got him to the Super Bowl. That, I mean, that's the point. Who was the MVP that year? But, okay, but does, does, Who Aaron, was the MVP that does year? Aaron not Rogers. have the capacity to take advantage of three interceptions? Sure. No, that's a good point. I, I feel like there is – there's That part. Look. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers get huge passes, both, both of them. The organization gets passes, and Aaron Rodgers gets passes. Where I will and did stand up for Aaron Rodgers adamantly was the Jordan Love move. To me, I felt like that was the catalyst of the version of Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. that we're getting now. Crazy. And I was on his side. I thought that was insane. And that was on the organization. You don't need to draft Jordan Love. Not when, to your point, you haven't drafted a skill position in the first round. Yeah. I don't need Jordan Love. I need someone who's going to help. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not on the verge of retirement. He's not regressing. Because what did he do? Go win two back-to-back MVPs. So it clearly wasn't Aaron Rodgers. But the the issue that I have with the situation and why I say they're made for each other is because it's always this, this kind of veiled arrogance about we're always competitive and we're always there 
and I'm extremely talented, and I know more. But to Shady's point, when you get to the dance, you don't know the moves. And it's see, you see it year after year after year. If you're this good in the regular season and you really like that, it should translate when you're going up against greats. And that's how we measure this. My, it's not just a beauty pageant. The rings matter. My, my issue, though, uh, is this. It's like the two odds-on favorites to go to the Super Bowl out the NFC or who this year? Eagles. Eagles out the AFC. Chiefs or big, exactly. Yeah. Bills. Both of those two teams have top five defenses. Like, we might not talk about it. You can roll your eyes if you want to. Oh, right, but, player, but, 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 but they both I have top five defenses. Can't let you do that, man. How can you not? It's facts. The Packers have put the pieces in place to have a good defense. They just don't have one. Sure, but I'm They've saying They've got first-round picks all over that thing. But about? they don't have one. I'm just simply saying, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, let me, let me not end it by this, because, Joy, I'm sure you will have a response, and I'm eager to hear it. I got a response. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, here's why I think I'm the smartest person in the room. Because I am. <laughs> Coming out of college, no Division I head coach was smart enough to offer me a scholarship. So I went to JUCO. Okay. Come, excuse me, coming out of high school, no Division I head coach was right. smart enough to offer me a scholarship, so I went to JUCO. Okay. Coming out of college, none of the 32 teams were smart enough to take me number one because somebody should have traded up to take me number one. Okay. The Niners took Alex Smith before right, me. Right. Now I'm in the NFL. Packers aren't smart enough to start me as a rookie because my third year as a starter, I won the Super Bowl. Okay. Now I'm in the NFL and I've won a Super Bowl. You're not smart enough to give me a top five defense because when you gave me a top five defense, I won your Super Bowl. Now that I've already proven I can win a Super Bowl with the top five defense, you're not smart enough to help me get skill position players. Aaron Rodgers is actually been the smartest person in rooms. He was smarter than recruiting coordinators. He was smarter than college coaches. He was smarter than NFL scouts. And he's smarter than the Packers management. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, that's why I have so much arrogance. You think he can do math? Because the math, according to his contract, says they didn't have a chance this year. If your starting quarterback has more than, I don't want to get it wrong, 12.4, maybe it's 12.6% of the salary cap, you ain't winning a Super Bowl. But, but I, I looked on that before the show. Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, they're taking up the most of the cap this year. The Titans are the two seed, the Vikings are the two seed, and the Chiefs are the three seed. You're I'm just saying for the last 10 years, I'm just saying for the last 10 years, that's what's yeah. happened. That's yeah. what's yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. But – my things have happened. Mm -hmm. We are still in the middle of the season. True. And Aaron Rodgers takes up way more than that percentage of the salary cap. So for all of his being the smartest man in the room, he still chose to take that much, which makes things more difficult on your organization. Again, I'm not counting anyone's money. I'm not paying Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter to me. This is just the facts. Mm -hmm. my, my thing is this. You, you keep going back to all this bull crap. That's What's, what the, bull crap? Bull. What's <laughs> the bull crap? What's the bull crap? Because... But his defense not this good. They're not. Third. You say that. We just gave you an example of you were the number one seed at a home game in Lambeau, right, to the Bucks. We won a championship two years ago. The defense played well. Brady had three picks. What did you want the defense to do? What, they, what do you want them to do? Get three picks, the, the two for touchdowns? Like, come on. When you were, my thing is, another thing, this, with that same type of defense, America, because I don't want him to fool you. He, he does all these numbers. He fools you. I want to break it down to simplify it. With that same defense, y'all were the number one seed. What a, I mean, you were good enough to, to win all these games to get there, right? And then when it, when it mattered most, you lost. Shady, they lost by five points, and they didn't go for it on, on fourth down. Wait, Come I guess, on, big dog. I guess, which one was that? The Bucks. The Bucks. So what about last year? Number one seed again, right? Yes, sir. Let's, let's do it again. That year, number one seed. This year, number one seed. That year, 10 points, I believe. Come on to the 49ers. Here, Jimmy G probably had 100 yards passing. Here's my, issue. Here's my issue. Shady is 340 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick a bad game? Because that's what Aaron Rodgers had against you. 
in the playoffs in 2020. 350, they, three tugs, and one pick. They lost. Not they lost, they lost. They lost. They gave they up lost. 31 they points. Lost. Yeah, look, look. Okay, so let's, let's fast forward it. So that was that year they lost. Yes, sir. Then, then the next year, number one seat again. Yes, sir. MVP again. Yes, sir. MVP this year, MVP that year. Yes, sir. So they're doing something good the whole year. Yes, sir. You get to the playoffs against the 49ers. What seed was the 49ers? I know you know. They were the uh, five or the, the six. They were the sixth seed. Yeah. My man, they were the sixth seed. They, another home game in Lambeau, another number one seed. And what happened? You want to look stats up? Look that stat up. Got bullied. <laughs> he walking off. It's the last dance. All that crap. I, I, you know why? Because, like, for another thing, when you bring your players to, the, to, the, to, the, um, to Green Bay, a lot of players don't like, I like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Here's, I disagree. Oh, 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 oh. I got to disagree. That's not true. I got to disagree. For example, look how, much, look how fast people uh, lined up to play with Tom Brady. Sure. Everybody want to play with Tom Brady. Team guy, he's not going to bash you in the media. Six if, rings will if, do that for no, you. No, no, no. If you drop a pass, I'm not going to kill you in the media. I'm going to build you up. Here's Let's get question. the next one. Here's my question, though. Randall Cobb left Green Bay. He went back. Bakhtiari could have been gone. Hey, oh, oh, oh. Let, let, let me let's, let's, Each time, let's talk about it. Okay. You know, who's the first one? Randall Cobb. He, went, he came back? He came back. Where else is he going to go? He was in Houston at the time. Yeah. Packers traded Where for him. Where else is he going to go? Was, he was employed Who else is going to pick him up? He went from Houston. To, he didn't need to be picked up. Come on, man. Come on, man. He had nowhere else to go. I, I have not heard outside of Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley, Joy Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, and they have since recanted their stories. None of these former Rodgers offensive teammates have ever slandered them. Patrick Peterson is mocking Kyler Murray right now at this very moment. Yo, yo, I've heard Greg Jennings say things on air. I said he's recanted those statements. Recanted? Yeah. What? Look, you stand on what you say. He's one of his best receivers. He might be. He might be his second best receiver. Packers Hall of Fame. He's Come on. Fame. So one of your Packers Hall of Fame receivers, that receivers and quarterbacks are like this. They're like best friends. They're like besties. Like Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, like this. That's how your wide receiver and your quarterback should be. I've never seen a quarterback and a, and, and a wide receiver not be cool when they were nice. Maybe T.O. and McNabb. I mean, but then again, who likes T.O.? Because he's T.O. Crazy. and but anyway, people, so, yeah. so think about that. I like your T.O. I mean, I love T.O., but you know what I'm saying, the quarterbacks. But think about that, though, for a second. So Greg Jennings yep. didn't really rock with him. Donald Driver He rocked with him at the time. Keep in mind, he rocked with right, him. Look, right. the, the bottom line is this. Aaron Rodgers underachieves in the playoffs, and that's not all the Green Bay Packers' fault. The Green Bay Packers are responsible for drafting players and bringing in players, and they can only do so much with the amount of money that Aaron Rodgers has allowed them to use. So, shake hands. This is the, this is the agreement that we've made. I'm going to make all the money, and you guys figure the rest that's out. That's right. I figured out the real problem. The best quarterbacks don't do that. They, they the don't do problem, that. Shady. Aaron Rodgers ain't got the Lunar McCoys. What are they called? Yeah. The lunar, Lunar. They're trying to be funny hey! again. They say McCoy. Yo, and then, look, they look, look, say look. McCoy. Yo, yo, inside the shoot, it got 25 shady with my signature. <laughs> Can't make that wear up. Wear them tomorrow, then. Where if they really exist, wear them tomorrow. What I mean, this was a mock-up. This was a mock-up. <laughs> if, if they really exist, Kid, I'm on. on set tomorrow. And then look, Marshawn Lynch has the same ones. Now mine sold more. I bet the Philly <laughs> fanatic wears these. Oh, so they weren't original. Bro, it's only, I just told you earlier, it's only been two running backs to ever have their own you signature shoe. have the exact same one. No, I'm saying, well, not the same one, but he has, you know, I, first of all, I designed that shoe. I designed that shoe. Is he? Are you hating on you? I've never seen hate on me. No, I'm not shaking your head. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Okay, we got to go to commercial break. Coming up, it is all chaos right now in Brooklyn. Steve Nash is gone. Kevin Durant, should he be gone next? We'll talk if the Nets should trade their superstar next. He's B. That was nice. AD <laughs> gave me hype. We have to get to all the drama going on in Brooklyn because it's getting crazy, y'all. Now we know Steve Nash is out as a team's head coach. 
So what in the world is next for superstar Kevin Durant? There's been speculation that he could be traded, but a report says there's been no indication from the Nets GM that the team will explore potential trades involving KD. Team ain't going to do it, but I have to do it. Because I'm thinking about it like this, Shady. I'm thinking about it like this, Joy. You came into the season thinking you'd have KD. You'd have Kyrie. That's why you wanted to run it back. That and in large part that you couldn't get what you wanted for KD. So let's go ahead and run it back with KD and Kyrie. But now you're realizing very quickly, oh, this ain't going to win you nothing. So if you're not going to win anything with Kyrie Irving and KD, then I might as well blow it all up and go ahead and start the process of winning now. I don't see Kevin Durant winning a championship in Brooklyn. I just don't see it. In large part because I think Kevin Durant needs to be partnered with the leader in order to win. But you can't come to an organization and lead Kevin Durant because he got there first. And within the locker rooms, it is a very simple hierarchical struggle structure. Whoever's there first, they usually call the shots. If Steph Curry would have joined Kevin Durant on a squad, it would have been Kevin Durant's team. I remember when Shady was out and DeMarco Murray was in. Dave Hellman, I would assume DeMarco Murray was a leader in the Cowboys locker room. Yeah, probably broke down some huddles, et cetera. Sure. When DeMarco Murray came to Philly, he was coming off an all-pro season. He wasn't nobody's leader, not because he wasn't talented, because Jason Peters was already there. Fletcher Cox was already there. There's a structure based upon superstars. If there's already a superstar present, you better fall in line. I don't care how star-studded you are, unless the person is LeBron James. So when I look at it, the Nets should go ahead and try to trade Kevin Durant because you might as well start the reset process sooner than later. Shady, should the Nets trade KD? Mm, No, absolutely not. Kevin Durant? Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about Kevin Durant? One and only. Okay, so when you talk about the God as in KD, come correct. They need to find the right coach for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. That's all they're missing. I mean, think about this. My main guy is Kevin Durant, and I have solid pieces around him. See, we can't act like they don't have no players over there, though. Mm -hmm. Because Seth Curry is coming back, right? We need shooters. Ben Simmons, I don't want him to shoot. He's never going to shoot. But I want him to play defense. You get a right coach for that team, who knows? Sky's the limit. I think it's a lot of heat there for off-the-court reasons, right? But I just feel like if any coach, if you take that away, any coach would love to coach the Brooklyn Nets. They have super talent everywhere. So I wouldn't trade Kevin Durant. I, I would try to work it out, get, it, get the right coach for that system, and get him rolling again. Yeah, they can't trade Kevin Durant. This is what you signed up for. This is the deal you made. You already bought the Ferrari. It's got a scratch on the side of it. It's yeah. yours now. Keep it belongs thing. to you. You got to keep it. Just put, put your little marker, figure yeah. it, take it to the shop. You ain't sending it back. It's purchased. This is the situation you signed up for. Kyrie, KD are not a mystery. And especially around the league, there's no secrets. Everybody knows how everybody acts in the locker room. They know how they interact with their girl. They know how they interact with coaches. There's no secrets. It's too small of a community. You knew what you signed up for with these guys. KD is an all-time great player. Kyrie. All the things. He's got the handle, finisher at the rim. Can be a good player in the right situation. Not going to create cultures when it comes to winning. Kyrie won with LeBron James. KD went to Golden State. This is a startup. I I call the Brooklyn Nets a pop-up shop. That's what they are. They're they're there for a week. How about that that cute little candle thing there? Oh, no, they ain't here no more. Oh, damn, they closed. They didn't update their Instagram. Yeah, they don't know where they are. They're traveling around somewhere. That's what they are. They don't have a culture. So you're all in it now. There's nothing you can do. You have to try to make this situation work. There were plenty of opportunities for them to reset and reboot this, to get away from everything that's happening. To me, 
the headlines that come out of Brooklyn don't even surprise me anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, Brooklyn, that makes sense. <clears throat> that tracks. So this is what you have to do. You're, you're all in on it now. You purchased a Ferrari. It's got a scratch on it. I just don't get – and, yeah, I mean, I agree with, with everybody. Like, wh- what do you stand to gain – doing that now anyway i mean like if you want to do it at the trade deadline if the nets are sorry and this doesn't get any better sure like what like what value does kd lose like at the we're like what three weeks into the season Mm -hmm. yeah you might as well give it a go and that's clearly what the nets want to try to do like they and and why wouldn't you want to try to stay relevant like forget i always say like forget the legacy stuff forget rings and all that crap like the people who run the Nets want people to come to their games and spend money on hot dogs and beer. Like, yeah. you need to give people a reason to go to the Barclays Center and watch them. So you need Kevin Durant for that. And also, at the very least, give it a try if that's what you're going to do. I mean, if they're really going to hire M.A. Odoka, that's what they want to do. Like, they're going to bring in a guy with baggage regardless because he is a good enough coach that he can get something out of them. So you might as well do that if that's what you want to do. Because, again, like, the time for – for the, you know, like the, the old Sixers, the trust the process Sixers, like that is a that is an organizational philosophy that requires a lot of planning and a lot of commitment. That's not what this is. If it looks rough in two or three more months, you can have that conversation, but not right now. Joy, can Kevin Durant win a title in Brooklyn the way you've seen the Nets be structured over the last, just call it three years? No, absolutely not. Because I have too much respect for organizations that do things the right way and develop players and have benches and have consistency with coaching and have cultures and have talent that buy into the coaching and the culture to sit here and act like anything that's happened in Brooklyn is ever going to convince me that they're going to get this together. There's too much going on. You need everything to line up. You need health. You need consistency. You need momentum. And you need focus. And everything that happens in Brooklyn is chaos. It's, it's, it's no different than any other working environment. It's no different than a home environment. If you've got chaos in your life, it's hard to focus on being successful. You have to overcome that, and everyone has to want to overcome that. Where's the fire in Brooklyn? Okay, I'm glad you brought up a home environment. Let's use the home analogy. Uh, if you are in a home, 2-5, you, oh, you do a lot with home renovations and all that. Sometimes doesn't it make more sense to just say, you know what, I'm going to design my own home as opposed to, okay, I'm going to fix the kitchen. Mm. But dang, if I change the floors in the kitchen, now I got to change the floors in the living room. Uh Oh, I just changed the floors in the living room. Now I got to change the carpet to the stairs. Now I just changed the carpet to the stairs. Now I got to change the handrails to the stairs. Rather than trying to keep changing the different rooms for the Brooklyn Nets, why don't you just say, I'm going to blow it up and start over? Because all your money is tied up in this project now. If we're going to to start the project, like, do we want to buy a turnkey home or do Mm -hmm. we want a fixer-upper? Well, you've already invested all your expendable income in this fixer-upper. So it's it's too late now. And you had an opportunity to get get out of it this offseason, and you chose not to do that because Brooklyn wanted way too much for any of these other organizations who would obviously love to have Kevin Durant but needed the draft picks, the cap space, and the pieces there to bring in Kevin Durant. So, th- so that's the real problem is the rest of the NBA isn't fooled by the Brooklyn Nets. Like the Brooklyn Nets think they're going to sneak up on somebody and everyone's like, no, <laughs> we're good. We were in the Eastern Conference Finals. We oh. always go to the playoffs. We have young players that we like. We are, our coach and, t- and players get along with each other. We're not in the news for all the stuff that Brooklyn's in the news for. So, no, we won't be taking on any of this mess from you because you guys don't know how to structure your – culture and organization properly to support players like 
KD and Kyrie. And, and they deserve some blame for this, but so do the Brooklyn Nets for not having the foresight to put together an organization that could make this successful. Well, speaking of fixer-upper, Tua was one coming out of college. Remember, he needed to get his hip fixed all the way up. But now that he is fixed up and the Dolphins are balling, Tua's talking about Super Bowls? Oh, it might be too soon for that kind of talk. That's next on Speed. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl. Okay, there's a lot of attention in Miami right now. Why? Because they're playing well, particularly when two is out there. Five and three, and they made some huge moves before the trade deadline. They got a superstar defensive end in Bradley Chubb. Got a really good running back in Jeff Wilson. Tua said they could see their potential on offense and defense during the offseason, adding, quote, we're not afraid to talk Super Bowls here. Say that with your chest, Tua. Dave Hellman, do you like Tua talking Super Bowls? No, I don't like it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know why? Look, before I did this, which love being here with y'all, but before I did this, I spent a decade. I was the guy that got that quote for y'all. <laughs> you know, I was the guy that asked the question that got the TV quote. And you know what? 99% of the time, especially a quarterback will say, oh, we're just worried about the Bears right now. We just want to be the best team that we can be on Sunday, and we're going to play good football and win the game, and we're going to be One the play best at a time. One play at a time. That's the favorite line. get better every play. And you, the best part, behind the scenes, like when the recorders turn off, a lot of times the player – will be like, it, it doesn't have to be a quarterback, but the player will be like, y'all like that? Y'all like how I didn't give you anything? You like how I was boring as hell? So good on you, Tua. Good on you for saying something interesting. I mean, what is the point of the league? It's to win the Super Bowl. That's why everybody, that is the goal of every organization, every team, certainly every quarterback. Good for him. Like, he really just stated the obvious, but we have been conditioned to expect so little mm. from people in these positions that him saying something obvious is controversial? I don't know. I think it's awesome. Good for you, Tua. Joy, you're the Dolphins fan. You are a Tua fan. You are a Dolphins advocate. Do you like Tua talking Super Bowls? I don't like it. I love it. Yes. Okay. Dolphins talk about yes. Super Bowls every time we score a touchdown. You want to sing it with me? Miami, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. See, we don't want you to gotta celebrate something. That's Dolphins. a great song. Miami Dolphins. I've been to Miami. They might charge us royalties if y'all keep singing. It's a good one. And when you say Miami, you're talking <laughs> Super Bowl because we're the. Miami. I'm not gonna do it. Too okay, long. all right. I know sorry. all the words though. But if your goal isn't to win a Super Bowl, what are you talking about? Why are we here? We just like getting some participation trophies, maybe a couple back-to-back MVPs. <laughs> no miscongeniality here. Of you course, you need to manifest your dreams. Nobody's going to walk up to you and give you your wildest dreams. All right, unless, you know, that's what we were conditioned to watching Disney movies and stuff growing up. That's not how it works. There's no Prince Charming. Nobody's riding in on a white horse to give you your wildest accomplishments. You should speak about this. It's not wrong to say our goal is to win the Super Bowl. I prefer to hear that from my team. I don't want to hear, you know, our goal is to make the playoffs. Hopefully we can make some noise in the playoffs. And, you know, we're just trying to get better every day. No, your goal is to win the Super Bowl. And especially if you're contending, you should be talking about that. What, what's wrong about saying that? Saying we're going to win the Super Bowl, don't do that. Don't give your opponents bulletin board material. Don't put yourself up into a space where people are giving you extra pressure on top of what you already have. But saying that you are not afraid to talk about getting to the Super Bowl or what will happen if we can get to the Super Bowl, that's what you want to hear and you should be saying. Shady, I'm a little torn on it. And the reason I'm torn on it is yeah. because I like to talk in Super Bowls all day, every day. I don't necessarily like him acknowledging his critics. In the midst of that interview, he was talking about how people were questioning his arm strength and now acknowledging oh, Super Bowl. Like, I don't necessarily like acknowledging that he's hearing the noise. The reason I don't is once people know that you're listening, oh, they're going to keep talking. 
Yeah. Think about it on Twitter. The second you, you get into a conversation with somebody, now they're like, oh, I got his attention? So I don't necessarily love Tua acknowledging the critics. I do like him talking to some degree about Super Bowls, but you've won two Super Bowls. So you tell me, do you like him talking week nine about Super Bowls? I liked it, right? I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Um, and you two talked about it. Just every player, especially the quarterbacks, they're, they're media-driven, right? like, or media-trained, I should say. You know, uh, every game at a time, every practice, we're playing hard. You know, we want to get to a Super Bowl. So when he said that, I loved it because, like, it's okay to speak your mind. Like, hey, our standard is a Super Bowl, yeah. right? Uh, that's what we want to get to. And I think we have the, the players in the room to get there. He didn't have, like, no bulletin board material where the, where, where the, where the Jets or the Bills see that in the division. Like, oh, you see what he said? So I liked it. Now, one thing you did say that was kind of crazy uh-huh. is – I don't know about the Twitter because I'm not big on Twitter, but when you say things like if, if I hear a critic say something about my game, right? Oh, Shea doesn't run hard between tackles, right? There's some truth to it. Now, I'm not, I'm not like uh, Derrick Henry, right? You know what I'm, I'm not trying to get hit. But I will get up there here and there. But that's like the weaker, weaker part of my game. Mm-hmm. So in his situation, his arm is one of his weaker part of his game. So it got to him. There's always some truth to something when you answer True. back. See what I'm saying? Because, like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. We, our eyeballs work at the eyeball test. Tua, you're doing a great job. And critics talked about how he didn't play well. Now they can't say that. He didn't answer back to that. He answered back to his mm-hmm. arm strength, where he's throwing some deep balls, and he got Tyreek Hills, like, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, throwing jump balls to catch it. His, his, his deep ball is still not elite. So do you take issue with him responding to the criticism? That part I do. For sure. Where do you stand on that? Do you take issue with him clapping back the critics? No, not at all. Uh, As you guys know, I am quite good at the clapback. Still? I thought you were tired. Uh, You know, I'm I'm retired. I am retired. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't still uh, the goat of clapbacks, if I might say so myself. So, you know, my reputation precedes me. I I don't mind him doing that because Tua was excellent at being quarterbackial at the podium for a very long time. You're allowed to fire back every once in a while, especially when you're playing well. If you're going to be quiet and, you know, be humble when you're not playing well, you're allowed to boast a little bit and brag a little bit when you are. And, and you should, because if people are constantly coming at you and you just keep taking, taking, taking it, that can bother you too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not normal to get this much feedback or praise just as human mm-hmm. beings. We know that. We are overloaded, our sensory overload with how much we hear about ourselves. So to be able to manage that, especially as a young person, because we don't give these guys enough credit. These are young men who are dealing with being the faces of billion-dollar organizations, everyone saying their name. And to handle it with the grace that they do, I can definitely tell you, it couldn't be me. So I have a lot of respect for the way that these guys handle it. And Tua had to sit up there every week last year and answer questions about Deshaun Watson taking his job and handled it with ultimate class. Didn't say a word, nope. didn't, didn't throw anybody under the bus. So, yeah, I'm cool. If you want to brag a little bit to a go right ahead. I just I'll throw this in there and I'll avoid a blanket statement because I'm on TV with two former pro athletes. Ninety nine percent of athletes are lying right to your face when they say they're not paying attention to what people say anyway. And if they're not looking it up themselves, they've got friends and family who are doing it for them. So I don't mind a player acknowledging the obvious, which is that you want to know what people are saying about you. It it is it's human nature. There's nothing wrong with it. And when he's having the season that he's having. That the, the, the thing he was responding to was the crazy viral clip of him underthrowing Tyree Kill in the offseason. It was 
Probably it was one of the dominant stories of the offseason, which is so ridiculous because it was a tweet. Uh, so good for him for firing back when he's playing well. Like, I don't have a problem with it at all. Real quick, Dave, does it not set him up for journalists to come at him in the future? Because I've seen that before when players start to clap back, start feeling themselves a little bit more. Then journalists are like, oh, well, now you did just underthrow Tyreek Hill to lose the game. Where's all that energy now? Yeah, and, and I mean, you have to own that. Like, he's going to have another low moment. All, all players do, right? And you, you have to own that if – if underthrowing a player is a big part of the reason why they lose a game, he'll ask a, he'll have to answer questions about it and he'll have to own it. But that doesn't mean that he again, like that doesn't mean you have to take every single barb that is thrown your way. Good point. Especially when he hasn't done anything to really deserve it. Well, the Rams and Bucks are both in very low moments right now. They came into the game NFC favorites at the start of the season. That's how it started. Yeah, ain't been so good since then. Who has been a bigger disappointment? Rams, Bucks. They face each other this Sunday. Let's talk about it next. The Rams will be on the road to face the Bucks on Sunday. Both teams had incredibly high expectations coming into the season, but things have gone off the rails. L.A., they've lost three out of four. Remember, they were in the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl last year. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay lost three straight games. It is getting ugly. Shady, I need answers. You won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and it was not that long ago. I need some answers. Which team has been the biggest disappointment, Rams or Bucks? I'm going to say the Bucks. I'm going to say the Bucks. I hate to say it. I'm going to say the Bucks. Like, like, the Rams team is kind of messed up a little bit, right? A lot of players left. You know, the best pass rusher he left, Von Miller. Um, you know, Odell Beckham came there and did very well in the Super Bowl. Even leading up to the Super Bowl, he's playing well. But the Bucs, what's their, what's their uh, excuse, right? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they've been there. They, they know Tom Brady. The line, for the most part, has really been there. Other than the center and, and the left guard. So, the, on the defensive side. They got all their their players over there. So what's their answer? What's their excuse? I got to go with the Bucs. They, they, this year, I don't know what it is. When I watch tape, they're not hustling like I'm used to seeing. They're not executing all the small gimmies that I'm used to seeing on third downs, third and five, third and six. They're not getting them. They're not running the ball well like they used to. So when I look at this team, it's like it's the same team, but not but it's different results. Mm-hmm. And I can't understand why that is. So I got to say the Bucs right now. Don't you think the Rams have more excuses than the Bucs? At least like the Bucs. New head coach. And I don't think that that changed too much of stuff organizationally. But now Todd Bowles can be as focused on the defense because he got to focus on the game plan. Bucks, offensive line, more losses. When I think about the Rams, they lost Von Miller. But they gained Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is still a Hall of Fame player. They lost Odell Beckham. But they gained Allen Robinson. Now, Allen Robinson having a terrible season. But coming into the league, remember, Allen Robinson was a Pro Bowl player with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. So, like, we didn't think Allen Robinson was bad. He was good coming in. I look at the Rams and I'm like, wait, you still have a number two receiver. You're just not utilizing him. Cam Akers is still there, and now he's a year removed from injury. You got Bobby Wagner, though you lost Von Miller. Sean McVay's still there. Raheem Moore's still there. I'm looking at the Rams, and I truly don't see an excuse. That's why, for me, it's the Rams. But, Joy, what do you say? Biggest disappointment, Rams or Bucks? Uh, I would say the Bucks. Part of the reason why is because if you win a Super Bowl, you're expected to have a hangover. Mm. Now, we expect them to kind of be competitive, but it's really hard to repeat. When you reach the highest moment of your career, you tend to take a breath, you know? Yeah. Stop, smell the roses a little bit, have an extra glass of wine, maybe take that last rep off. You don't have that same hunger. 
It, everyone says it like, oh, yeah, celebration's over, back in the gym. Like, sound good. But you get to celebrate a little bit, as you should. That's why it usually takes a little while to get things going. You also have players who have played longer into the season. You tend to have injuries. You lose players. You mentioned the players that they replaced with. They also lost Andrew Whitworth. That's, mm-hmm. a, big, that's a big piece to lose. Yeah. So it's not, it's not as surprising to me that the Rams are struggling. I thought they would be better. But when you really look at what's going on with them, it makes sense. And their offensive line is patchwork. The Bucks are confusing. Like Shady said, you have the pieces that you had there for the most part outside of Gronk that you won the Super Bowl with. You have Bruce Arians in the building. You've still got Tom Brady. I feel like there's more questions as to why the Bucks are struggling, which makes it more disappointing to me. Uh, and because this really feels like, to me, Tom Brady's last season, it feels like it should be more exciting. You know, it should be something that we're watching, like we're getting to enjoy the last year of Tom Brady's career. And it's very clunky. It's absolutely the Bucks. Let me, and I'll, I'll keep saying this until it changes, which I don't think it will. I'll let you in on a secret about the LA Rams. Nobody wants to talk about the offensive line until it's the reason why you can't play football. Like it is beyond drastically bad. Yeah. Andrew Whitworth retired. That was probably a bigger loss than they anticipated. They've had six. Nope. Yep, six different offensive linemen missed time, 23 total games. They've had a different offensive line every week of the season, season. Wow. seven different combinations. Yes, the Bucks lost Ryan Jensen. That was the first week of training camp, and they lost Donovan Smith for a couple weeks, but he's been back. So, like, those are the types of losses an NFL team can that's, – that's the type of stuff you can weather, though. You're like, ah, oh, we're not going to have Jensen, but we've got six weeks to figure it out before we're playing real games. The Rams in season – are moving guys around and trying to find some combination of players that can block. And by the way, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. He's not a quarterback that can thrive in chaos like that. Like, he needs things to be relatively clean. I'm completely unsurprised that the Rams are a mess. I can't make heads or tails of why the Bucks are like this. Like I said, they've had time to figure this offensive line thing out. The defensive talent is all there, more or less. The receiver's... They've been in and out, but they've been available. Like, Mike Evans has only missed one game. Chris Godwin has missed, like, two games. Like, these are things you should be able to overcome, and they can't do it. And then to what Joy said, Brady didn't come. You've said it a million times. Brady didn't come back for this. If the Rams miss the playoffs, they got these big rings that will make them feel better about it. If the Bucs, like, like Brady, if he doesn't get to a Super Bowl, then what did he do it for? Like, no, nobody in the Bucs organization is going to feel good about a wild card loss or missing the playoffs. Like, there's no moral victories with the way they're built. So, yeah, it's definitely the Bucs. Shady, at what point are you, as a player in Tampa or in Los Angeles, worried? I have my answer, but you were the star player. At what point are you like, you know what? We're not making the playoffs this year. Not media, where you go out there and you lie on a podium. At what point are you sitting in your locker after practice like, yo, we really three and five? Well, I think the first question is, all right, where are we at in our own division, right? They're still close. They're still there. I think they're, what, one game behind? Second behind the Falcons. Yeah, so, okay, so, like, that's the main thing. Because if you're not in front of everybody with the the record and you've been losing a couple losses, you've been losing here and there, but you look at the division, they still can win this division. So there's something to still fight for. So, I don't think you had that mindset, oh, man, hey, bro, what we doing at the offseason, man? You know what I mean? Is it Cancun? Because you're not thinking that because you still have a chance to win a division. So I think they still can make the playoffs. I mean, look at the, the, the schedule. They, they still got some, some easy games for the most part. I mean, them, them, them Bengals, <laughs> right? the Saints. That's the one you the, pick. The Browns, Seahawks, like they can beat them teams. 
It will be fascinating, Joy. You got a nine seed as the Rams, a ten seed as the Bucks. Who do you think has a better chance to get in? I think it's the Bucks because of the division. I think the Rams are out of it. I mean, <laughs> you win in the trenches. Like that's where it all starts. That's the foundation of your football team. That's, right. that's the foundation of the house, and it's beyond shaky right now. So like it's, it's mud, and you're trying yeah. <laughs> you're trying to dry the concrete. It's not going to work. So to me, the Rams are out of it for that reason. That's not something that's fixable midseason. And there's too much that's continuously happened. That's it's not going to work for the Bucks. They have the pieces. They just have to figure out why it's not working. To me, starting with the run game. Dave, I got to come to you though because uh, Shady and I will attest to at least decisive quarterbacks. They can atone for a real shaky offensive line. We saw Joe Burrow atone for a terrible offensive line. Mahomes, the year they went to the Super Bowl but lost to the Bucks, he atoned for an offensive line that lost his left tackle and his right tackle, was trying to patch things up with the Kyle Long that came out of retirement, if I'm not mistaken. So I've seen great quarterbacks atone for bad offensive lines, anywhere from Mahomes to Burrow. Stafford, I would say, falls somewhere in between Mahomes and Burrow. Do you put much more of this on Stafford? Because it kind of seems like you're just scapegoating offensive line. Where do you put on Stafford? I just – I Matthew Stafford, I just don't think, like, has the athletic profile, first of all, to escape pressure. And, and I mean, hey, Tom Brady's on the board behind you, too. Guess who's legendarily not been able to handle pressure, especially pressure right on top of him? Like, the Giants won two Super Bowls because Brady couldn't cope with the inside of his line collapsing on him. So – it just depends on your skill set. I watched what Stafford looked like against the Cowboys pass rush at SoFi. What was that, like a month ago? It just, I, like, I, I hate to like absolve him of blame, but I just don't think that is in his skill set to be able to escape pressure, to like make a good decision while on the run from pressure, or even be able to get a throw off. I just, I, and I mean that that the same could be said for Tom Brady. To be honest, it's yeah. just it's what your skill set is as a quarterback. Well, for the sake of the National Football League, I hope the Bucks and the Rams get back on track because the NFC desperately needs you to be competitive for them to be competitive. Well, speaking of not competing, Kyrie Irving, he's on the brink of it if he continues his thoughts on anti-Semitism, et cetera. I will share my thoughts on what is going on with Kyrie and Brooklyn. That's next on Speak. Don't worry. It's time for my final thought. This message is for NBA superstar Kyrie Irving, but really anyone. You can identify as Jewish and be anti-Semitic, just as you can identify as a woman and be sexist, or identify as black and be prejudiced. Anti-Semitism is not two words, but one. It's simply continuing and perpetuating an ideology that Jewish people are trying to secretly undermine the success of society. Anti-Semitic is not two words being anti-Semite because a person is not born a Semite, but a Semitic person is a person who speaks a group of Semitic languages. See, I will offer this quote by Socrates, a man who many subscribe that founded our educational model. True wisdom is knowing that you know nothing at all. And I would suggest and submit it's best we all operate of a place of humility as opposed to arrogant and ignorant knowledge. Once again, let's be a little bit more kind and acknowledging the fact that we might not know what we think we do.